Hello and welcome to Strat News Global. I am Subrat Nanda and I have with me Ulka Kelkar, Director Climate Program, World Resources Institute, India, to talk about what can aptly be called a burning topic, that of climate change, with the UN Climate Conference that's currently underway in Glasgow. Ulka, welcome to the program. Thank you so much. Thank you for inviting me to your program. The immediate concern is to keep global warming down to 1.5 degrees Celsius. Broadly speaking, what will it take to get there? That's a really important question, something that lies at the heart of all efforts to address climate change. Global warming is a problem that is caused by greenhouse gas emissions in the atmosphere that are caused by the way we manufacture goods, the way we build our cities, the way we travel, the way we grow our food all of these aspects. So they're very much a part of every aspect of our life. And so it's very difficult to reduce these greenhouse gas emissions. 1.5 degrees Celsius is an important target because beyond this, the kind of warming that we begin to see, the kinds of erratic rainfall patterns we begin to observe, and the growing intensity and frequency of extreme events means that the world as we know it, the climate as we know it, we can't take it for granted. There are changes that we might not be able to adjust to. Two degrees Celsius is also a target that is spoken about a lot. And in fact, in the negotiations on that are going on right now, both 1.5 degrees Celsius and two degrees Celsius are debated and countries have agreed that they will make best efforts to stay below two degrees Celsius of warming and as much as possible to go to 1.5 degrees Celsius of warming. This is really at the heart of all the discussions that are going on right now. Prime Minister Modi has spelled out India's new climate action targets in Glasgow. How are we currently doing and how tough will it be to meet those parameters? Right. So India already had some targets that it adopted under the Paris Agreement five years ago. Prime Minister Modi yesterday upgraded many of these targets and introduced a new target of a net zero emissions by 2070. So taken together, these 2030 targets and 2070 targets create a new framework for the low carbon development pathway for India. What it means is that in just nine years, by the end of this decade, most of our electricity, 500 gigawatts of renewable electricity will be built. 50% of our energy will be met by renewable energy sources. Our GDP will become cleaner. That is, our economic activity per unit will produce less emissions, 45% less emissions than 2005. So these are all the kinds of targets that the prime minister announced. And he also said that in the coming decade, India will reduce 1 billion tons of CO2 from its cumulative emissions. This is the first time that India has taken on this kind of absolute emission reduction target. Now, these are going to be tough targets. They're not going to be easy to achieve. But India is already putting in place a lot of the building block of achieving these targets. On renewable energy, for example, we have very supportive policies and we are making investments in not only in installing more renewable electricity, but in also laying the right kind of strong and flexible grid in the kind of battery storage that is required to make sure that we can use this renewable electricity. And eventually, what is required for the industrial sector, the production of something called green hydrogen that is going to replace the use of coal, oil, and gas in industry like steel or cement. In our cities, electric vehicles are making rapid progress. And here also, 
this needs to go hand in hand with the growth of renewable electricity so that when we run these electric vehicles, the electricity for them comes from cleaner sources rather than fossil fuel sources. So all of these different actions together will lead to the kind of 2070 target that the Prime Minister adopted and pledged India to yesterday. By setting these bold targets, as some would say, has India raised the bar for rich countries to ensure there's climate justice? Not at all. India is in a very unique position. Its past emissions have been very low. We have not contributed to the problem like other countries have, uh, Western advanced countries have. Even our current emissions per person are well below the world average. So by no means can we be compared with the kinds of commitments that are required of the rich advanced countries. However, we also have a lot of not to lose from climate change. We have a lot at stake. The success of the multilateral effort means a lot to us. So what India is doing is it's doing its part. It's doing more than its fair share, I would argue. And so the issue of climate justice that you have mentioned, which is that we didn't cause the problem, but we will be more vulnerable to the impacts of the problem. I think that is very much there. But India is stepping up, I would say and adopting more bold and ambitious targets, which going forward into the future, after 2030, it will only increase further till it reaches this net zero goal. Has it set an example for countries like the US and China? I would say that's a very interesting way of mentioning it. Yes, I mean, a country like US, for example, it actually pulled out of the the multilateral efforts on climate change twice. Once under the Kyoto Protocol, and the second time under the Paris Agreement. India has been steadfast in its commitment to multilateral efforts under the United Nations umbrella to address climate change. In China, I think one of the problems of China is that over the last 20 years, its emissions have grown very dramatically. So India is in this unique position where it can avoid repeating the mistakes of either the Western countries or of countries like China and can choose a cleaner, greener path to development one that brings better health for our citizens, more jobs and prosperity for our people. Are the developed countries doing enough? The $100 billion annual contribution hasn't happened yet. And a responsible nuclear power like India still waits to be a member of the nuclear suppliers group, something Minister Piyush Goel spoke about a couple of days ago. So developed countries under the United Nations Framework Convention on Climate Change are required to do three kinds of things. One, as you mentioned, provide finance to developing countries. Two, rapidly cut their greenhouse gas emissions in the short term. And three, set more ambitious net zero targets for themselves in the long term so that the world as a whole can collectively stay within the safe global warming of 1.5 degrees Celsius. I would say that on all these three counts, the progress from the developed countries was quite poor till recently. The European countries, especially Scandinavian countries, would always do well on all these fronts. But because countries like the United States are the largest emitters, their absence would make a big difference. Recently, with the election of President Biden, the U.S. has pledged to cut its greenhouse gas emissions quite rapidly by about half in this decade and to net zero by 2050. It has also increased its commitments of climate finance. Similarly, the UK also and the EU both have adopted quite ambitious plans to mitigate their greenhouse gas emissions in this decade and to bring them to net zero by the middle of the century. What we need, of course, is for these countries to stick to their plans, to implement their plans. On the climate finance front, I'm afraid negotiations are going on right now and quite a moment of reckoning. The past track record has not been good. 
The recent pandemic has also affected and made sure that there are shortfalls in the climate finance that was promised in this year and next year. But countries are already negotiating a much higher target that will be in the trillions rather than the billions and have been saying to the developed countries that it's not just the finance alone, but the finance is a symbol of your trust and solidarity in the process. So if you want the process to succeed, put money on the table. And that's really what is going on right now in Glasgow this week and next week. Is there enough focus on adaptation strategies? In principle, yes. I think especially this year, the impacts of climate change have been felt in every part of the world, whether it's India or United States or you know flooding in Germany, wildfires in Canada. Every part of the world has recognized that the impacts of climate change need to be adapted to. We need to prepare for them. And that this requires funding, especially for the least developed countries. You know, for example, small island states that are highly vulnerable to sea level rise. So in principle, there is a lot of recognition that adaptation is very important. In practice, however, adaptation funding has been only a quarter of the total funding that has been given so far. And now there is a lot of attention, a lot of spotlight being shone on the fact that adaptation needs to get at least half as much funding. So 50-50 compared with mitigation or reduction of greenhouse gas emissions. We had Prime Minister Modi launching some kind of a resilience strategy for smaller island countries. What does it entail? So India is actually spearheading a number of international platforms. One is called the Coalition for Disaster Resilient Infrastructure. This basically means that, you know, as we build new infrastructure, whether it is transport or energy infrastructure, bridges, buildings, airports, ports, we need to make sure that these are resilient or safe or protected from impacts of climate change like floods or disasters, storms, cyclones, for example. So the Coalition for Disaster Resilient Infrastructure provides financing and you know, investment in the right kind of infrastructure going forward. Another very important international platform is called the International Solar Alliance which also brings together a large number of tropical countries who are in a position to generate a lot of solar energy. And the latest announcement is called One Sun, One World, One Grid, where all of these solar power generating countries will be connected by a regional grid. And this is really very important because it's difficult and expensive to store solar energy. So a regional grid acts as a way of transmitting power and using it effectively so that we don't waste any of it. On that note, Ulka, thanks very much for your time. Thank you so much.